Kill her. Instead. Fucking kill that sacred cow. Slay her. Grind her up. Turn her into meat. Stop it. Stop saying I love you to the moon and That's back. Funny it means that you nothing. Said that because I just stop I just watched to Sweeney Todd last night. I just watched yeah. Sweeney Todd last night because I was Sweeney just Todd, her fat ass. Yeah, her beautiful, beautiful ebony fat ass. Her, <laughs> her, her new, her big juicy newbie and rump. Just grind that oh. shit up. Mmm. Feed it to Doctor Oz. And. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You know that's going to be the opener, right? Sure. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Be advised, these apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. All of a sudden, we're getting a ton of reads on uh, the Littered Ape site, uh, and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, and it's uh, we're getting blasted. I mean, I blasted, but like in the last three days, like plus, like 3,000 plus reads. Oh, my God. We have key, on, like fans? Like, like Well, no, I don't think it's fans. People are reading know, again. But they're, well, they're reading this one piece. It's, uh, it's called Stalin Plucked the Chicken, and it <laughs> just was Just the us. one piece and not reading anything yeah, else on the just, site. Li- well, I don't know if it's translated. It doesn't look like it's translating like they read this piece and then they go to other stuff. It's just like, I think this Stalin Plucked the Chicken story, like people trying to figure out if it's true or whatever. And then that piece that you wrote like three years ago, two like years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Like three years ago. Um, and it's, I mean, basically it's about identity politics and the problem with identity politics. And then it transfers into how the right and in this particular piece, it was how the right in Kansas, cause I was talking about the right wing, you know, uh, Brownback, that Senator and how they were basically winning because they were using identity politics as sort of like the red meat to piss off their base. Right. Which is what, which is all, I mean, it's just the Donald Trump playbook. But that's really what the piece is about. But I, in the middle of it, I, I reference, I actually quote the story it's about Stalin three, plucking a chicken. Yeah, it's almost three years old. Um, Stalin yeah. plucked a chicken and it was us. That was published yeah, August yeah. 25th or of August like, 24th, 2017. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God. yeah. It's, yeah, and it's like, all right, you know, that's fine. That's I guess that's the benefit of having a, a, a digital magazine with, you know, no, it's great. All yeah. Peepers, yeah, all these people pieces in perpetuity. But it was just like, what the hell's going but on? Why did, did is there like news out there? Did Stalin make the news? Did chickens make the news? What's I don't understand. I, like, what's prompting I, this? Because we always I, no I always see idea. a spike on like. Um, the Megan Trainer piece I wrote about Megan Trainer is this generation's yeah, Andy Kaufman, yeah. and we always see a spike on that around her birthday, which is in December. Because there was one year yeah. after I wrote it, there was like this huge uptick, and I was huge like, "Oh, who it's is, her birthday." Who, so, who was the 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 country star you wrote about? Joe uh, Diffie. Yeah, when he died, we got a spike. No, he's not dead you know, though. <laughs> oh, then why? Then what the fuck? Why did we get a spike with him? I don't know. People love Joe Diffie, but yeah, there's are Joe you, Diffie's are one you of like. Sure, he's not dead. Check. Because I think he's dead. I'm 99.9% positive. I, Let's do a I'm quick. Because he was in the news and it got it, it, it popped. I think that it's, yeah, he's like a regular. Oh, my God. Told you he died. Like, he just died. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What do you think? I what made that the up? fuck? Oh, my God. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I told you. You've been keeping up, man. Holy shit. Oh, Katie. Oh shit. She's dealing with the screaming kid. I can't believe. What? Oh my god. Yeah, you're breaking news to you, man. I am floored. Why? See, okay, now this is funny too because you get really burned, like burned up around people being like heartbroken over celebrity deaths, like celebrities that they never knew, right? Yeah, you yeah. think that's like the dumbest thing when people are like, "Oh, Joe Diffie, you meant so much to uh, me," right? Like that. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it's. Oh my god! I had no fucking idea. Yeah, he had fucking COVID nineteen. <laughs> I know. What are you doing? Are you not fucking paying attention to anything? No, I missed all of this. The fuck have you been doing in your house? Oh, my God. This is, I've been working. I've been trying to do shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. And are you fucking kidding me? They'd, oh, there. Okay, I was going to say that Rolling Stone doesn't even list John Deere Green as one of his hit songs. Yeah. Holy shit! It's so you know, it's like it's like it's like all this stuff that we've kind of padded into like three, four years of the literate ape. Slowly is going to become so. Basically, our best year was 2017. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, you know, our you know, it's fine. It's fine. We're writing. It's all right. You know, it's good. Uh, You're getting ready to do another flash fiction uh, roundtable piece. Yeah. Yeah, this Joe Diffie shit really I, I, threw I, I, you, I'm didn't completely, it? I'm completely derailed. I'm completely... Totally, totally threw you, man. I need, totally I need like you. a second. Yeah, you get your second. And yeah, it was that... funny because I was just thinking the other day, I need to crank up some Joe Diffie because normally we go to Katie's parents' house for um, Easter and that's like the start of spring, right? Like the weather and that's... it always Joe Diffie, like that song is a very summery song. We read the piece. Um, yeah, that's all you gotta do is read the piece. But yeah. like, so I was thinking about it the other day and... I just had no idea that he was fucking dead from COVID nineteen. That's there you go. Yeah. Oh my god, that's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. That's it's yeah. It's all right. Aww. So, <laughs> so anyway, so not, nothing no, happened. So Joe Diffie, we got a spike because Joe Diffie's dead. We got again. Yeah, nothing happened with that. Stalin or his or his chickens. Well, or anything. Yeah, the only thing I can figure out is like, I mean, if you go into if you search engine right now and you type in in Google, did Stalin pluck a chicken? My piece is like somewhere in the top five or six every time that people are clicking on it. I don't know if they're actually reading the piece. I've gotten some comments. I mean, we don't usually get a whole lot of comments, but I got some comments from people that I don't know that are either like right on or I was right with you until you started blaming the right wing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. All right. You know, I mean, I get it. It's, it, it's, it's fine. It's fascinating. Um, and I was thinking about this when I, cause I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't read the piece the Stalin piece since I wrote it. You know, I mean, it's been three fucking years. Yeah. Um, and so I reread it and I went, okay, I, you know, I mean, I, I could, you know, I, I, I see where I, I know where I was going. I know what point I was trying to make, but it's interesting that um, I'm getting some very right wing perspectives that are going and reading it. And then immediately they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are you blaming the right wing for identity politics? Listen, you didn't really read the piece. That's the case. I'm not blaming the right wing. I'm saying that identity politics provide, you know, provides the road yeah. to the right to basically, you know, the reason the right votes against their own economic self interest is because the woke have created the identity politics that then the politicians on the right can use as fodder to. 
you know, whatever. It, but yeah. it's just fascinating to me that that and and what's been really. I, I mean, this is a totally different. Uh, I, well, I don't know if it's a different topic, but it's it's fascinating. You know, I've been thinking it's like you'd think you'd think that you know, like uh, Adrian Veidt and Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember you remember the original ending, like the graphic novel. Yeah. That his his whole point was to create this giant squid that would attack New York City and convince everybody on the planet that aliens were attacking and that that would unify all of us together and there would be no acrimony and war. We'd all band together as a human species. Catastrophe keeps us together. That theory, yeah, yeah. you know exactly, yeah. you know, and it's uh, it's the Independence Day, mm-hmm. you know, we're we we we're all gonna we're be one in, Earth, together yeah, kind of shit. whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd think that, but apparently those motherfuckers were wrong as shit because we have, you know, COVID nineteen, and if you go online now, granted, online is not the best. I mean, that's basically like saying, hey, I'd like to do a survey of uh, regular Americans and and then go into like. A mental fucking hospital and saying, so what do you think? <laughs> you know, it's just like, what, what, what are your thoughts, guy who's obsessing over, you know, imaginary cockroaches? Yeah, guy Tell trying, us who you were. Guy who trying to floss his for. teeth with his urine. Yeah, you know, it's like, that's, that's what that's like. However. It's a penis, um, not a water pick. <laughs> we have, uh, here in Vegas, uh, and, and it's, I think I've talked a little bit about this, but we've got two uh, blog uh, Twitter accounts, two guys that yeah. run their, their, and one's locally Las Vegas and the other one's Vital Vegas. And uh, I mean, I knew, I knew days before we closed the casino, we were closing the casino because I follow these guys. They've got their ears to the, to the ground. They know, you know, they know a lot of industry people. So they talk to a lot of industry people. And what's been fascinating is to watch the the partisan divergence because I never got because I've been following these two these two guys for better part of a year yeah just because it kind of gives me some information on Vegas that I would not have in my little corner right um, and so for the better part of a year I just thought these guys were just like you know I, I, I never got a hint of their politics let's put it that way and now what you're watching is locally Las Vegas um, is very much. Let's not be fucking assholes. Let's you know stay at home. Let's make sure it's safe. Let's follow the the protocol. I I'm you know totally in line with uh, Governor Sisolak's, uh You know let's 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 do this right. Yeah. Because no knowing for a fact that that if we were to open Las Vegas up, and we have a second massive spike. Yeah. The the second shutdown's never going to end. I mean it'll if we yeah. if we have a second spike just because of Vegas. Um, we're fucked. We I mean, have it's we have one chance to do this right. Yeah, yeah. You got to get it right. Yeah. Well, the, on the other hand, Vital Vegas. I mean, he's. I started noticing that he's like posting, and I'm using air quotes, scientific things right. and and pieces from Fox News and oh, Rush Limbaugh. And I went, and I I was like, oh, I fucking really like this guy, and he's kind of a. What the fuck is that? And he's all about let's get back to work and let's open Vegas. This what is stupid. Fuck? It's just like the flu. And what I'm noticing is the conspiracy theories, especially like the conspiracies online about COVID-19 are just, I mean, I've heard a lot about how COVID-19, this entire pandemic is really exposing the cracks in our economy in a lot of ways. I mean, exposing, yeah. It's also really highlighting the fucking crack pots in yeah. our fucking country in a way that I'm I'm just like I 
I go back and I look at some of the stuff that I wrote that's not on Literate, but about George W. Bush, and I went, oh my God, I was one of these fucking dudes. Yeah. I was so pissed off and so biased. I, I was one of these fucking guys, and I'm watching them, and they're 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 besting me a thousand times over. These guys are fucking lunatics. Yeah. I um the, I'm pissed at Oprah right now. I'm often well, pissed I at Well, I understand Oprah. why you're pissed at Oprah, but yeah. Uh, no, I get this it. Dr. Oz fucking Dr. Dr. Phil, Phil. They're not yeah. real first of all. Yes, well, they're they're, they're real doctors. They're just, they're just but not they're doctors. quacks. Just well just because you have just cuz you've got a doctor, you know, a medical degree and Dr. Phil is is a I think a PhD. He's so he's not a medical doctor, which is fine, but yeah. I dated a girl once uh or I at one time I dated a girl for a little bit. It was very brief. She was a skin doctor. And I was talking to her about about my buddy Jared Keene, our our friend Jared Keene. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how he came up or something, but I'm it somehow came up that he was he's got a PhD and she goes, "Well, he's not a real doctor." And I said, well, what do you mean he's not a real doctor? Like, he is. He's a doctor. He's got a doctorate of a PhD in English. I mean, he's not a medical doctor. No. She goes, well, I mean, he couldn't. That's not a real doctor. Like, he couldn't save somebody's life. And I said, wait a minute. Well, he probably could. Yeah, I mean, like if, if he he's on an CPR, airplane but, and somebody knows somebody needs CPR, yeah, he could not, easily. But, it, but if somebody's on an airplane and somebody's like having a grand mal seizure and they say, can we get a doctor? Jarrett's not going to stand, shouldn't up, stand and go, up and be like, I'm a doctor. Excuse me. Right. I have a PhD in uh, in English. Yeah. So what can I do to help? That's not. Yeah. So right. Like he, he's, the point is valid. He, he's not Leslie Nielsen in airplane. Exactly. <laughs> but he's still a doctor. So anyway, the. the Long, long uh, diversion there. But the point is that, yeah, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil are doctors. Dr. Phil, however, and I guess Laura Ingram did this the other day, where she went to Dr. Phil about how, as a medical expert, it's okay that we should open up the economy. First of all, this motherfucker is not a medical expert. Second of all, he's not an economics expert. He He has as much business talking about expertise around opening up the economy in the face of COVID-19 as you or I do. Exactly. I might even have a little more because I was editor of a health magazine. Maybe. I, Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But no, okay. But you still. You have a talk show and you weren't endorsed by Oprah. But like, and then Dr. No. She gave us Dr. Oz too. These guys are problematic. Oprah well, is a piece of shit. David, no, I don't think she's a piece of shit. But she's I, you a know piece what I think. of shit. No, no. We're a piece of shit because this is what I think is like the perfect... I mean, I love Fauci, you know, but... Uh, yeah, I think you're a fool if you don't. If, if, if we're going to have any kind of consistency with our government, with our federal government, we have a president whose only qualification for being president is that he was on TV and had a reality TV show. It is perfectly acceptable that our advisors then for this COVID-19 pandemic yeah. are two doctors whose only claim to fame is that they, had, they, they were on TV. They had shows on TV and were made famous. That makes complete sense to me. It's consistent with the choice that we made for our president. But I believe that Oprah should stand up and say, don't trust these guys. Like they were for entertainment people. What good does that do? That, see, okay, so you're pissed off that Oprah doesn't go up and say what we already fucking know, which is these guys don't know what they're fucking talking about. We don't and already know. And that's what Oprah should do. We need Oprah to tell us that we shouldn't listen to these guys so that 
so that we know, oh, well, Oprah said don't listen to him. So we listen to everything. America listens to everything Oprah says anyway. That's why we have these guys. She produced them. She brought them on her show. Then she gave them their own shows. Have you ever watched the Dr. Phil show? Yes. It's fucking entertaining. Entertaining. And for yeah. what it is, it's perfect. Let Dr. Phil yeah. stick to that. Let the him apprentice. stick with his, everybody, with his daily everybody talks calendar. Everybody how much they hate Donald Trump, but I love The Apprentice. I thought sure. The Apprentice was a very entertaining show. Not for all the reasons that are not entertaining having him as a president. However, it's still yeah. entertaining. But there's a time and a place. I think you're a great dude. There are a thousand things I would love to do with you. One of them is not fucking you. Like, I would well, not yeah. fuck you because... Just like I, there are certain things that I would do with you because of your but, expertise. But would you, would you, and would you be fucked by me? No. No. I you don't. Wouldn't do a little bareback. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, derailed. I. Okay, no. Come I mean, on. look. It depends on the situation, and I don't think. Give me a reach around. I don't think that there's a situation right now, where Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz should be positioned as experts. Oh, I agree. I don't think, well, I don't think anybody in Fox News should be positioned as no. a journalist, but that doesn't mean they're not, that my, and but, then if Oprah gets on and says, fact, Fox News is a bunch of fucking, I mean, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity are entertainers. They're not news people. Right. You know, and so, but... But Oprah's tell supposed to, to fucking, be this tell righteous... Tell that to 30% of the fucking population that they're not really making news. They're just fucking bloviating blowhards. And, and that's, that's what Oprah should do. the fuck they're talking about. Oprah gets on. She talks about this book and everybody buys it. She talks about this doctor and everybody watches his TV show. She talks about uh, Weight Watchers and everybody does it. Everybody listens to Oprah. She gave us these criminal doctors. Everybody doesn't listen to Oprah or Donald Trump would not have been voted overwhelmingly by white women. They didn't listen to Oprah. So you're saying so you're saying that Oprah's cat is out of her bag. She can't I'm pull this fucker o- back in. O- Oprah's fucking old news, man. I mean, it's like you know what that's like. That's but she's like saying not because okay, the havoc that gosh. she wreaked is still is still out there. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean she's got any responsibility for it. She helped create two guys. That she's are- never taken any responsibility for anything. Well, it's not her job to take responsibility. They're they're grown oh, men. I think it is. They're grown men, and in fact, most of these people that are like COVID nineteen that believe in Doctor Phil and that use Doctor Phil as sort of online is like, see, see, we yeah. didn't close that. We didn't close down the country for fat people, obesity epidemic. We didn't close <laughs> it down for the smoking epidemic. Well, there's a reason we didn't. It's because that shit made too much money, and the people dying we didn't care about. Well, they also you didn't spread like secondhand smoke. Cancer from secondhand smoke was not as impactful as COVID nineteen. Oh, it's not well, as not threatening. If, not if you not if you talk to the people that are anti smoking. For you, if you were to hear them, it's an epidemic that's proportional to kill everybody. Let's and so what did we do? We said you can't smoke in bars. Okay, I'm all right with that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's but that change that fundamentally changed certain businesses. You know, and, and yeah. so this is where we're at. It's just like I, the conspiracy theories. And again, Doctor Oz, Doctor Phil. You name you name half these fucking guys. Alex uh, Berenson, who used to be a New York Times uh, reporter and got fired because he was like trying to promote a right wing agenda. Oh yeah. And yeah. Now he's now he's he's like see Sweden. 
They're dying in Sweden too. Yeah. In fact, they're dying in Sweden more than they're dying in Norway and Denmark because they practice social distancing and Sweden said, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, we will just say, please don't, please try to social distance. Uh, and then they're fucking dying. It's like, come on. Yeah. Get a grip, man. Yes, it. this is like a slow tsunami where everybody's going to get wet. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, I, I'm just, I keep reading these uh, these things online where it's just like, yeah, the, the government's is overreach. They're trying to take our, it's like the fucking Michigan goddamn. Those goddamn Fucking that morons. That was so Coke Brothers fueled yeah. fucking. You, you know, this is the thing is we you think we would learn about AstroTurf <laughs> grassroots movements? You think we would have learned by right. now. No. So so you know, your your assertion that Oprah <laughs> should get up and say, Well, we can't even figure out that this shit is paid for by right wing organizations, that these assholes showing up with swastikas and screaming like a bunch of fucking idiots at the Michigan State House. <laughs> We're funded by fucking Republican think tanks after we know, we know for years this is how we got 2016. This is how we got President uh, Trump. We know about these things. I mean, that's the the whole AstroTurf grassroots bullshit. We knew it, and yet we fall for it time and time again. So what do you think good is Oprah going to do to tell people that already know that Dr. Phil is not a viral, a virologist, that he's not an epidemiologist, that Dr. Phil is a doctor in like chicken soup for the soul. That's what he's a doctor of. Right. Right. And, and, and you think Oprah is going to tell all these people that are going, see Dr. Phil, that they're going to listen to her. That's nuts. No, but here's what I want for Oprah. Cause you're right. Okay. We're not going to listen. What, what we do you don't want for learn. Oprah? Because Oprah her. listens. She does listen. She's one of the seven people that listen to our podcast. So yeah. well, talk to Oprah directly. Talk to Oprah directly. Ms. Or, Ms. Winfrey. Right yeah, Miss Miss Winfrey. Ms. Okay. Winfrey. Uh, I, I don't say this in any relation to your weight, but you're a sacred cow. And, <laughs> and it is time for you to be slain. You have done fuck all to help... Our, our 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 society you've you've damaged it you've given us dr phil you've given us dr oz you've not done anything for chicago you built a school in africa which is great but you've done fuck all for this disgustingly horribly hurting city while you were here after you left the city that supported you the city that built you the city where you built your fame and fortune in the neighborhood that you were doing that in it was being run down there was gentrification happening and you just sat there and, and let it happen. You're as bad as the Koch brothers in that way. You played this thing. You have played your career like a, a fat, rich white man instead of the fat, black, beautiful woman you are. You need yeah, to be... You had to throw in beautiful. You had to throw in beautiful, didn't you? Yeah, because she's kind of cute. Like, yeah, but, I, would, but, but, I would definitely bone Oprah before I bone you. But you didn't say a fat, white, a handsome man. Because none of them are. No, the Koch brothers are not handsome. No, but I mean, you know, he's while he's dead, James Gandolfini was a fat, rich white man, and he was pretty good looking. Yeah, but he wasn't one of the bad guys. I mean, look, oh, there's so, there's plenty oh, of fat, beautiful, rich so black women minute. that. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So you're you're the throwing in of the meaningless and sort of like nice. You're gonna throw in beautiful. Is that to appease the woke? 
Is that to appease your wife? No, I'm talking. Is that to I'm make you to feel Oprah. better about calling her fat? I no, mean, I'm tra- I'm, because the thing about it is, there are plenty of very attractive, rich, white, All right, fat look, men. You're picking so this you apart say, too much. You're picking well, on the no, wrong but, thing well, here, buddy. When you when you threw out that thing is when you said because I was with you. The fat rich man. Your 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 career is like a fat rich man. Instead of the fat, rich, beautiful black woman. I don't understand why beautiful okay. needs to be in there. So you're criticizing if, her. Her beauty has zero fucks you're to right. do with what you're criticizing her for. So I want to know why you threw that in. Because I'm a sexist. Because I have okay. to identify women by their looks in some way. Okay. I guess that's or, I guess that's where we're at. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, I, I can think, I can name, you know, there are plenty of very attractive Fat, rich white men. That doesn't mean they're not fat or rich, but that or they, white. they've not done harm. So, so it's based on your concept of harm. So, if you're saying that Oprah has done I, harm, why would you throw beautiful in there? Because I'm saying that beautiful people need to be better. Because you don't want to be beautiful seen people, as a racist beautiful, or a sexist. No, or a, that's exactly why. No, I'm admitting that I'm sexist. That's what I just said. I, I've, I've, and you're, and you're racist. I've subcut. No, the racism has nothing to do with it. My racism issues are something else entirely. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, no, this is just I, I subconsciously was not aware that I did until you called it out. But I attached I beauty to, to a woman All right. because All I'm right, a sexist, so, clearly. So we've done that. Now continue your uh, your letter to to Oprah. And I just, Miss Whiffering, I want you to be held accountable. You've done nothing to help uh, the people that you could have helped and you've only hurt. And you crying at Obama's inauguration or whatever the hell it is the night that he won the election in Grand Park doesn't, no. We all cried. It right. was good. Yeah. It was exciting. But that's like one of those moments in like the culture of Obama and Jesse Jackson crying. That's great. Fine. But o- Oprah, sorry, o- Oprah and Jesse Jackson. Um no, I'm just not buying it. She hasn't had, she hasn't done anything to help this city, which could have desperately used her help time and time again. Um, I just I think Oprah's uh I think she's a, a a hack, and and I and I don't I don't like Oprah. Also, okay. Miss Winfrey, can you read my books <laughs> and promote them? Maybe tweet about them a little bit. Well, let me throw another because you Love bring up something David that I Himmel. think is. Yeah, I, I think you bring up something very interesting is that you believe, and, and I'm not saying it's not, but you believe because Oprah is fat, black, and beautiful, no. and rich, <laughs> no, that she owes the city of Chicago, she owes people something. And this cuts to the heart of, I think, you know, even, even to the point of like a Bernie Sanders thing. All right, so does that mean... That when Michael Che, mm-hmm. you know Michael Che. Yep. All right. When he decides that he's going to pay for the rent for an entire apartment complex in New York City, that he shouldn't get any props for that because, well, he owes those people. I mean, if he doesn't do it, he's a piece of shit. On the other hand, if Gal Gadot, who know, you know has made millions of dollars doing Wonder Woman... If all her contribution is is that fucking Imagine video, that she doesn't actually take <laughs> some fucking money and pay for people's health and that kind of stuff, that somehow she's not doing the right job because she didn't pay for somebody's apartment? Uh, no. What are you trying to say about celebrity? What are you trying to say about fat, rich, black women? It's your money. You have every right to do what you want with it. Okay. It is not the responsibility to take care of everybody else. 
Okay. It is not Oprah's responsibility to fix Chicago. Okay. However. So what's your argument? Yeah, okay. My argument is that Oprah, she did see the value in education. She did see the value in helping children. Uh And instead of putting that money in a city that desperately needed it, in a city Uh that she grew up in, in a city that that she built her career in, she took Uh it to Africa She's done nothing. So she's she's given. Where, where, and where, she you, has, where you could say is arguably far worse off than Chicago almost in every way, right? I could say that, yeah. Anybody could say that. In, Anybody with a fucking brain. Right. In my opinion, she, again, she can do whatever she wants with her money. All I'm saying is that I don't think that she's any kind of special hero. I think that um, it would have been nice if she had done something else. It would have made me respect her a little bit more. So take that little thing about not, you know... Not giving back to your community. I mean, Jesus, even Chance the Rapper gave, has given money to the Chicago Public Schools. Like, help out where you can. I think that's a good quality for people to have. And I don't believe that Oprah has that quality. So, okay, all right. And then David, she turned, along with that, she's given the world quacks, dangerous quacks, like, Qua- like yeah, Oz yeah. And, and, and Phil. Yeah. So, what are you, David, yeah. with your money, with your substantial money? Right. Um, all the money that I do, have, yeah. Yeah, all the money you have. Um, yeah. What are you doing for Chicago? Um, I make donations to Gilda's Club Chicago. Um, I volunteer with that organization. Um, I give... The, that's, uh, well, that's not about Chicago. That's just about cancer people. Well, no. That's, it's, not, it's, specific, that's not specific to Chicago. That's, sure that, it is. I mean, Gilda's, Gilda's Club Chicago Gilda's is Club specific. Is an, but the yeah, money but goes specific to Chicago. Okay, so basically you're just helping people with cancer. No, I'm helping the, the, their their community impacted by cancer. It helps so what anybody about the, who's what, been impacted by cancer. What about the Wicker Park, uh, the Wicker Park uh, litter curator? Have you gone out there and, and helped him? I've never met he's this right guy. There in your, I've he's never right there seen this backyard. guy. We've talked about this. I've you, never seen him. Never, ever. Do you, do you see any homeless out? Yeah. What have you done for them? Every now and again, I give them if they what ask. What have you done I, for education? Uh, I haven't done a lot for education. So my question, I mean, yeah. and I'm not just busting your ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my but this seems to be how things go in our society, which is you have done this. You've either succeeded or not, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You're fat, you're rich, you're beautiful. <laughs> um, All right, you're picking that out a little bit too much, I think. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, because it cracks me up. Um, and it is my place to tell you what you should do with your altruism. You should no. be altruistic or not. That's not what I'm saying. It's, it's my job to tell you what your responsibility is in this situation. Here's what I will say when it comes to, not about Chicago and, and philanthropy, but I'll say, Oprah Winfrey created a platform. She helped create a platform for a highly successful couple of television shows. Yeah. Dr. Phil, certainly more than Dr. Oz. Yeah. You know, but I mean, any, let's be honest, any doctor... That isn't like a general practitioner in like bumfuck Arkansas that you call by his first name, Dr. Bob, Dr. Carl, Dr. Jack. Any na- any doctor you call by his first name is probably not a credible doctor unless he looks like Wilford Brimley and uses a thermometer in your kid's butthole. That's it. That's the only reason you can say, hey, Dr. Ben, 
But, you know, okay. Yeah. Then it's like, I get it, because she's a practitioner, and he's got 17 patients, that's great. But any major <laughs> doctor that you call by his first name is probably not legitimate. And if we need Oprah Winfrey to come out and tell the world, hey, you know Dr. Phil? You don't know him, but you call him Dr. Phil. That's because it's a brand marketing strategy. Right. And he had a television show where he took teenagers that were complete assholes <laughs> to demonstrate that teenagers are assholes. And you watched it because it's fascinating to watch teenagers be assholes to their parents and Dr. Phil be the tough love guru and say, well, you gotta, you know, you could be uh, put in jail for taking your mom's $20 out of her purse. I mean, you know, that's... I get it. If we need Oprah Winfrey to tell us that, we're in far more trouble than we even think we are. Uh, well, I think that we're in. I think well, I mean, we're talking about two different things here. Yeah, I think that we are in. I mean, we've reached idiocracy, right? We've known that. Like we're in idiocracy. <laughs> but to your point about altruism, again, I, I do not believe that the rich must give to the poor. I don't believe that. But I think that if you're that good people do give back, they volunteer, they help out in the best way they can. That's not always a money donation thing because not everybody has a shitload of money to give away. But if you but if you shame people into doing good things, are they really good? And does the stuff really count? No, and I'm not trying to shame. I wouldn't be shaming Oprah into giving. I wouldn't be shaming Oprah at all if she hadn't. I just don't think Oprah's done anything good, but she is lauded as this goddess of goodness throughout the world. And she hasn't done anything. She hasn't so done your issue, anything. Perhaps your issue is not with Oprah Winfrey. It is with the people who have lauded her as great. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought that went so, without saying. So, yeah. so why? Well, no. Then why would you have an open letter to Oprah Winfrey? Because you, you asked me to you address rich, her directly. black, beautiful woman. Because you asked me to... Because she's one so of our seven listeners. People, so, so address the people that laud her. Kill her. Instead. Fucking kill that sacred cow. Slay her. Grind her up. Turn her into meat. Stop it. Stop saying I love you to the moon and back. It means nothing. That's funny that you said that because I just, Stop I just watched to Oprah. Sweeney Todd last night. I just watched yeah. Sweeney Todd last night because I was Sweeney Todd, her fat ass. Yeah. Her beautiful, beautiful ebony fat ass. Her... <laughs> <laughs> her... Her... New, her big juicy newbie and rump just grind that oh. shit up mm. feed it to dr oz and <laughs> i yeah i don't know you know I, that's gonna be the opener right sure okay yeah fuck I, it make just... make a big fat black ground oprah meat dildo <laughs> and and then paint dr phil's naked body using it as a brush with the blood of dr oz Hmm. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Oh, you're fucked up. Now the people, the people that like love open. I don't know. It's just it's that it's that that like emotionally driven, simple. The people that have distressed wood signs in their house that say "home," you know, or (laughs) hey, you're talking about my mom. Stop that. She has she has stuff like that distressed wood signs of shit. I know, and I have family that I love dearly that do the same thing, and okay, it it hurts me a little. But there's plenty of things that I do that they probably don't like. Like, dude, I'm not rich, I'm not beautiful, and I'm not black. But I, I I would I if Dana would let me, 
If she wouldn't beat me to death for my tackiness, I'd probably have some distressed wood signs that say, love is the only way you were bullshit. You know, whatever. I like that stuff. That shit to me is like that Imagine video. It's all a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's all but it's I just like my stuff that's on my wall that's like inspirational is a sign that Jerry Schulman made for me a million years ago on a three by five card says it apostrophe S equals it fucking is it's with no <laughs> apostrophes. It fucking belongs to it. That's on there. Dana randomly wrote something. Uh, it says everything is predetermined until now. Um, and then my favorite was a cartoon that she gave me. It's got a little bird, the dude sitting out there and the bird comes over. And she says, Zen master, what is the secret to life? And the Zen master screams, Jesus, motherfucking cocksucker Christ. Those trees look beautiful blowing around on the wind, don't they? And then there's a panel. And then the Zen master says, shit. And that is... This is what I get for my inspirational uh, stuff on my walls. I have one thing that I bought years ago. I was still living in Las Vegas. Uh, I bought two of them, one for me, one for my dad. And it's a sign with rope a wooden sign distressed wooden sign this is why so you have one okay why worry when i can sail oh god it's got a stupid little sailboat sailboat on it i mean it's tacky as shit that's pretty tacky but i'm in on the the joke i'm in on like that's the difference I have one in my office that I actually believe, and I've had some of my uh, some of my casino management team make fun of me for it. But it's a thing I bought. And I probably bought it at like a fucking you know Pier One Imports. I don't know where the fuck I got this, but it's life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Yes, I know. Yeah. Okay. You know, I it's it, I kind of want to punch myself in the face and then go eat it. You know, at TGI Fridays. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it still means the thing it means, and it works. Sure, and I'm like I'm fine with those sentiments, but they're they don't mean anything. So, some of them don't mean anything. Like yours, that means something to me. Yeah. Well, it well just you know, it, so basically what we're saying is Doctor Phil and Doctor Oz are just the distressed wood signs of the medical profession. They're the, they don't really they're the mean parts, anything, but maybe they mean something to you personally. The ones that really get me going are the ones that say home. And like you just, <laughs> like you don't just know where you're a at. Sign in your fucking house, like what? okay, okay. Like it. Well, that's for the dementia patients that don't quite know what house they're You'd in, think. and they see home, and they go, "Okay, right. I'm home." But the people that I know that have this don't have anybody with dementia in their family. That's just like it's just there. But I, that shit drives me fucking crazy because it's not. It doesn't mean anything. It 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 serves no purpose because you you know where you are. But to your point, yeah, if you had dementia, totally different. Home, fork, kitchen, penis, bathroom, whatever. So like, maybe it's for for Harry because he's like a little dementia, you know, like a little kid dementia. Oh, patient. that kid knows exactly. He knows exactly what fucking room he's in. I walked oh, in yeah. the other morning. I shit you not. Got out. I, I slept into like seven fifteen. He and Harry, he and Katie were already up in the kitchen having breakfast. I walk in fresh out of bed. I'm barely awake yet. Yeah. And he starts screaming at me, no, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy in kitchen, daddy, no kitchen, out, no, no, daddy, no kitchen. And I looked at him and I said, listen here, you little fucker. This is my kitchen and I'm allowed to be here. I just want some <laughs> juice. I just want some juice. I, I just woke up. 
Stop yelling at me, Harry. I want to come in the kitchen. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for you, David, that that, that your your wife and your child. They hate me. Ban, they <laughs> ban you from things. They just yell at you and treat you so poorly. They don't want me. I go into the living room and he's watching later in the day and he's watching fucking Sesame Street playing with his toys, whatever. And he goes, no, daddy, no. Out, daddy. Like, I can't fucking go anywhere. You know where he learns that from? Katie. Yeah. Yeah. No, David, no. Out. I know. And do you know why they both think that the white man is not allowed to be there? They learned that from MSNBC. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is a read <laughs> to make up to make up for my accidental sexism on calling on putting the modifier of beautiful um, or the adjective of beautiful when describing Oprah's uh, fat blackness. Uh, it's a read. It's a story on NPR. It's called "Did Gender Keep Democratic Winner." Wait, what did gender keeps democratic women from winning the premed- the president? Let me start over. Okay. <laughs> I can't talk. It's an NP. Maybe it's you on- need a sign that says home. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, a sign in my in my library that says read. Read. Uh, so yeah, this is a read. It's on NPR. Did gender keep democratic women from winning the presidential primary? It's an interesting little read. It's a little more than just the, yeah, America's sexist. It's a little more nuanced than that. So there you go. My first, my first thing is, uh, is I don't want you to rent it because it's $20 to rent, but you could find it at certain torrent sites. I'm not getting specific and not outing myself as a person who steals movies, but no, because we know that the sixth listener of this show is the FBI agent from the McMillions so yeah, he's, exactly. We don't yeah. want to get yeah, but I think you should watch the hunt. Um, it's not as good as everybody, it's, it, but it's a pretty funny satire of both. That's the thing is, it's a satire of both the woke and the alt right. Yeah, um, and uh, it, and it's just it, 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 it's funny. It's I mean, it's a Bloomhouse movie. It was written by Damon Lindelof. Yeah, I didn't realize that, and it's uh, and it's funny. It's weird. You know, and yeah. it's, it's it's the hunt, and it's basically liberals hunting rednecks and just <laughs> fucking killing them with arrows and grenades, and it's pretty funny. And it's clearly satire because liberals can't throw a grenade; they can barely throw a baseball. Yeah, well, one of the, well, they've got a consultant that that <laughs> that seriously, they have this guy sure. that's a military consultant who is in the National Guard. That's funny. Yeah, um, there's a really. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's some really funny little... I mean, they, they had some fun with this. There's a moment where one of the rednecks has been blown up, and, her, and she's alive, but half of her, her lower half of her body is gone. Oh, God. And she looks at this guy, who's also one of the rednecks, and says, shoot me. And he goes, I'm not going to shoot you. And she grabs the gun, and she goes, shoot me, you fucking snowflake, and then shoots herself. Oh, my God. It's really... I mean... They're having some fun. It is a it is a satire, and I enjoyed it. I laughed, and I went, "Oh my god!" And there are definitely some things said in there that are just like, "Oh, this is this is funny." All right, I'll have to give that a go. Uh, my next one is it's a listen to the podcast uh, comic book uh, comic book queers legacy. So it's a, it's a podcast about comic books. 
uh, hosted by two gay men. I know one of them uh, pretty well. Um, his name is Brett Manis, um, and the other guy is Evil Jeff. Uh, it's really funny. It's kind of like what we'd like. It's just yeah, two buddies yeah. it's, chatting about it's shit. What, it's what 98% of all podcasts, especially in the pandemic, are, which is two white guys sitting and talking about shit. Well, they've been doing this for a lo- He started doing, or they started doing this in like 2002. So okay. it was originally called Comic Book Queers, but now okay. it's Comic Book Queers Legacy because they stopped for a bit. Now they brought it back. But it's it's good. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. All Give right. it a go. My my second thing is, and I, I'm not always in favor of Ezra Klein and Vox, but I actually uh, I actually like this. This is a, a piece on Vox. It's a compilation piece. I like it. I like it when they go and ask a bunch of different people. It is the legacy of the pandemic, 11 ways it will change the way we live. Um, one of the things I've really been thinking about lately, and Dana and I have been talking about ad nauseum, is what's it going to look like? What, you know, not that we can predict it, but what are some of the things that this experience, which is it's a game changer in ways that I don't think we've even kind of really kind of grasped, what are the ways it's going to change where we were, let's say, I wrote a piece. Uh, I wrote a piece last week. It was basically, what there are people who want everything to be back just like it was January twenty twenty. Yeah, and that's not what it's going to be. So the battle right now, especially with the oh, it's two to three percent fucking kids will die. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor Fucking Oz. Um, <laughs> you know, is like people wanting to fight for what used to be. And refuse to, to accept that there are going to be changes and people that are really looking for those changes trying to figure that. I actually am one of those. I, I would like to see things get better and things change. Yeah. This is the legacy of the pandemic, 11 ways it will change the way we live. It's on Vox. It's actually pretty good. Not everything I agree with, but I can see there there are there are good pieces. There, it's a good piece. Read. Okay. Uh, my last thing, um, it's a combined. It's a read and a listen. Uh, the first is... Read on LitteredApe.com, the, the the headline is Official Report. Joe Diffie's John Deere Green is the greatest country song ever. Give that a read and then listen to the song John Deere Green by uh, Joe Diffie. And I'm st- I need to have a day. I need to take the rest of the day today to come to terms. Yeah, I really with, shocked you. That really, that really blew you. my shit out. You didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's crazy. And it was almost a month ago. It's yeah. I know, dude. And this is like Joe Diffie season for me right now. I'm really, really bummed out. Now well, it's obvious it's obvious that you don't pay attention to our metrics at all. Thank God I'm here. Uh yeah, no, I I mean I haven't I haven't checked on them lately. Yeah. I well I, I'm actually looking at them right now, and what's funny is that yeah, in the last thirty days, the most popular story is Stalin plucked a chicken and it was us. Three thousand four hundred and forty five views. Uh-huh. Followed by our homepage, then Joe Diffie, official report, uh-huh. Joe Diffie's John Deere Green is the greatest country song ever. Then another story that I wrote two years ago or three years ago, saying I then love you to the moon Brian. and back is an empty sentiment. Yeah, and, and then and then the Heathcliff piece by Brian that they love in Japan, well, followed by yeah. <laughs> all, all of problematic movies of the 80s. That's insane. Yeah. All right. Joe Diffie, we're going to do that. And my third thing is, all right. And Dan and I talked about this. Blake Lively, uh, you would see that thing. You wouldn't think. I know she's sort of blandly pretty. I actually don't know where she came from, but I know that she and Ryan Reynolds are married and they're very funny together. Um, I saw The Shallows and I thought she was pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 
we talked about it, it's sort of like Michelle Williams, where you look at her and you go, yeah, she's kind of blandly, blandly blonde and pretty. Um, and then, and then she has a role. She does a movie where she's fucking amazing, where it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This bland blonde chick has really got some fucking cojones, really, really has some talent. Yeah. Um, watch the rhythm section. Okay. Um, number one, number one, she's quite fucking good in this. I mean, like, wow, it's with Jude Law. Um, number two, one of the things that I, you know, it's like in Pandemic Alley, you got to find things that can keep you. I kind of went into a, a bizarre, hyper-masculine, testosterone-driven, let me watch Stallone movies, all the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies, yeah. all the all the Jason Bourne movies, you know, I'm like, I want to watch all these, all the Mission Impossibles. I want to watch white white dudes be all bowed up and fuck up shit. Yeah. Okay, I got into this. The rhythm section is like, it's sort of like the the Harmony uh, Corinne's kids version. Like if kids was compared to the Breakfast Club, it's basically the same story. It's yeah. basically the same story. Here's the Breakfast Club, here's kids. And you go, what the fuck? Kids is so much like real people. I don't even know if I feel comfortable with it. The rhythm section is like the Jason Bourne, the La Femme Nikita, the, you know, here's this this person that needs to become a hitman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And is training to be a hitman and becomes a hitman, you know, an assassin. But it's so fucking realistic. She's so clumsy. It's so lucky. It's like everything about this movie feels like this is what it, this is how it would really happen. You know, if like if if Dana German decided she had to go be an assassin because I was killed on a a, a flight, <laughs> and she decided she had to go kill somebody, um, and she found some dude from MI6 that was going to train her to be a, it's this is it's realistic. It's like yeah, no, no, the 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 killings would not be John Wick style. Right. You know, if, there's no speed to it. It's like this is fucking reality. It's like hey. It's really good. Yeah. I really recommend it. All right. There we go. And those are the six that's things. It. And that's the show. And fuck you, Oprah. God, I love you. You're beautiful. Yeah. Please, please, if you're if you're listening, I want you to uh, tweet this to Oprah just so that she can she can hear David's plea. Yeah. And and most importantly that she that she read my books. Our books. Yeah. I mean shit. Yeah, Our yeah. Books. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and speaking of, uh, and this is just a random thing, uh, Dana and I are going to be included in the Las Vegas Humanities uh, anthology of Las Vegas writers writing about Las Vegas. Nice. That's coming. I mean, it, yeah, congratulations. Out October, but we're, you know, we're, we're in that. And uh, pretty soon, probably not any, probably not in the next two weeks, but soon, uh, Dana German will have a new book of short fiction coming out through Literate Ape. Yeah. So. All right. Be prepared. Rock and Very roll. Very exciting times. That's it. All right, y'all. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. You know it. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.